0: Alexander, you're betting dork for a Wednesday morning. Pumped, because Wednesdays mean but one thing on the podcast. It's Sabre Metrics Wednesday. Always bring in my good friend, Bass Winner. Good morning, Bass Winner. How you doing?
1: Good morning, Gil. I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be here. Tell you what, I, I feel privileged to be talking to a man who's 6-0 over the last Three days—an incredible streak for you—and <laughs> gosh, I got so many numbers running around my computer screen and my desk. I, I feel like I'm working for NASA. I,
0: I view that sort of as uh, as being six innings through a through a no-no, where you, you're supposed to be very mum, very hush about it. You're not supposed to talk of it. Uh, well, I hope I didn't jinx you, Gil. But I don't think he can can the analysis you put
1: into the game on a daily basis. I don't think anybody can jinx you. I mean, it's it's pretty hardcore. And, I tell you, I don't know about, about the other guys, but every, every time I wake up in the morning, you're the, you're the first thing I read. I want to see what you're on, and, and uh, I, I love reading your post.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you, but you are here. I have the impression of you just absolutely drowning in spreadsheets, trying to find that nugget, that one nugget that will not only help you with a winning wager, but will also help all of us you know towards making our winning wagers today and, and you're good to do this to come on and sort of delve into sabermetric stats to come up with that you know edge and so we appreciate you being on i want to I, I do want to say this that for those who did not tune into last week's sabermetric show or to any previous one and and are sort of wondering all right what's the deal on the sabermetrics thing i guess we should sort of give them the overview again uh, real briefly about how you know, back in the day, ERA, wins and losses, um, offensively, batting average, home runs and RBI, those were the conventional stats. And what sabermetrics has done, and uh, you can elaborate here for us, is really just delve deeper. Correct. Exactly, and, and you you put that so well. We got into a discussion about the baseball cards last week and, and just picture
1: you know, when, when you were a kid looking at the baseball cards and what were the stats on it? it was ERA, wins, losses, and batting average and, and try to, I, I know we talked about Afros and who had the biggest Afro and I guess his, uh, who had the best mustache, too, if we're looking back into the 70s, which I, I actually have some cards that They back that. Back you, you got to go Raleigh but,
0: Fingers, base winner. You have to go Raleigh R- Fingers.
1: Raleigh Fingers just kept it up, too. If, he, if There was a show on MLB Network about, uh, about good relievers, and there was Atkins and Bruce Suter and and Doc, uh, They all had facial hair, and, and Bob Cox made a comment on it. It was pretty interesting, but Raleigh Fingers definitely... Wins my favorite handlebar mustache as well.
0: I think Fingers. Uh, the reason that Fingers did start with the handlebar mustache was because uh, Charlie O'Finley, the A's owner at the time, basically incentivized him to do so. Fingers made like an an additional I don't know if it was a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. I can't remember the figure per game, which in those days he was more than willing, you know, to to grow the uh, the handlebar mustache for in the pre-free agency days. That's
1: pretty, you know. That's pretty interesting, Gil. You know, you'd only get that on your show, and, and I think that a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars back then that was a lot of money. Yeah, when, f- especially when you compare it to what the prima donnas are making in this now and and today's day and
0: age. Yeah, I should say free agency was just you know getting going. It was like right around the time where Catfish Hunter got some you know spectacular contract, which we would sort of you know giggle at today. But anyway, point being that when we when we grew up. It's, you know Those stats were wonderful, and we all accepted them. But as adults, and, and as Bill James, uh, who I like to give credit to, but as the entire Sabermetrics movement grew, what we realized was that there was so much more in baseball that we could delve into that would actually give us stats that were way more accurate in terms of reflecting what actually happened on the field. So take, for instance, the win-loss example. Yesterday, Ricky Romero pitches for the Toronto Blue Jays and he got the win in their eight to five win over Cleveland. But honestly, wins and losses, again, are just almost comical at times. Ricky Romero literally threw the ball all around Progressive Field yesterday. He had three wild pitches. He hit a batter, he had a throwing error. You know, I mean, and, and there was so much other near disaster that was going on, but yet Ricky Romero got the win why? Because his offense just kept walking in runs and getting hits and so there's so much about wins and losses that the pitcher himself doesn't control. And so today what we want to do, and you know, ERA was a great stat as a kid. That was that was the one we thought was the single most accurate stat about pitchers runs that they actually deserved you know, to have charged against them over a nine-inning period. But now, and we're going to talk about pitching specifically today, we have something called Fielding Independent Pitching. And your task, Mr. Base Winner, today is to find Fielding Independent Pitching stats that could help us find an edge in the lines today. Do you accept the mission, sir?
1: I will accept that mission, and I think uh, I've, I've got a couple... Couple good nuggets, that, you know, we're going to save for later here at the end of the show, and and there's also something that's really exciting about today's card, something that has not happened in six years of baseball. Wow, that's a long time, with a lot of games, and, and again, at the end of the at the as the, as the show winds down, I'll keep you guys hanging. I'll tell you what that is and I actually have an opinion on it as well.
0: So
1: to be oh go ahead, Gil, sorry about
0: that. No, 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 I'm sorry. I was you got me hanging because I don't we don't talk before the show about what we're gonna talk about, so that's interesting.
1: Gil, it's it's totally exciting and, and uh, again it has not happened in six years, so but I'll touch on that at the end of the show and, 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 and give you my thoughts on it. But we're talking now, we're going you know, had mentioned the ERA number and, and you know how we thought that this number you know, in the past, and we accepted this number as as almost uh, a gospel in in a way. You know, if the guy has a 3.1 ERA, you know, we think different of him than if he's got a 5.2 ERA, and then automatically, when you see it, and, and and this is something I was thinking of the other day, watching the MLB network. You know, they flashed the starters for the game, and one guy's got a. 4.0 ERA, and the other guy's got a 5.5, and immediately you think, oh, this guy with the 4.0 is much better than the guy with the 5.5. But I always think, hmm, I don't know about this ERA stat. I'd like this fielding independent stat because it takes out all of the, the luck factors involved in this run average, this earned run average. And, and it kind of breaks down to what the pitcher can control. So when I see these ERA numbers on the MLB network, I kind of look at him I don't know, with some trepidation and I, I kinda of delve into him a little bit uh, deeper and look for the the fielding independent number which which is a truer uh, indicator of what this pitcher's been able to control.
0: Now a couple now that's that's a that's beautifully stated because that's exactly what fielding independent pitching or FIP seeks to do. Exactly what you said. What the pitcher can actually control. Now there's a there's an elaborate formula to this that no one needs to know, and I'll actually recite it very quickly. Are you ready for this? Home runs times 13 plus, parenthetically, bases on balls plus hit-by-pitch minus intentional bases on balls, open parentheses, times 3 minus strikeouts times 2, divided by innings pitched plus a league-specific factor, usually around 3.2. So so people... That was, bu- that was beautifully said. <laughs> they, thank you. Now, now, of course, I'm reading that part, but, but what I will say is this. There are people... Now, that is that is ultimate nerdiness, ultimate geekiness, no human being. You know, all we're doing is trying to bet. We don't need to know that formula. But, but the sabermetricians of the world have accepted that formula that I just rattled off as a great, accurate, fielding, independent pitching stat. And as you say, base winner, all those crazy numbers and variables, all they n- intend to do... Is eliminate everything that a pitcher cannot control, such as a ballpark effect, um, the quality of the defense behind the starting pitcher, uh, a you know a bloop single, for instance, a flare that just ticks over, you know, a second baseman or a shortstop's glove, and seeks to concentrate on the stuff that's actually coming from the pitcher himself, the strikeouts. Uh, the walks, that sort of thing, that's actually controlled by the guy throwing the baseball, or, or I should say, pitching the baseball to home plate.
1: Exactly, it takes the static out of the earned run average because what the earned run average doesn't look at are, are luck factors, and you've touched about on this in your podcast and in, in your threads um, a, a, a stat called BABIP, which is batting average of balls in play. Yeah, and and basically, you know. There's an average, a league average, that you know the the pitcher really can't control how you know what the what the the balls in play, what that average is going to be, and also and uh, it takes a look at, at what they call a strand rate. Basically, that's that's the percentage of base runners that are on base, and and that, that ERA does not take into account for those those particular numbers. So you can get a lot of static within that ERA number, where the FIP will give you exactly what you said before, what the pitcher can actually control.
0: And the nice thing about FIP, and I mentioned this on last week's show, and this is where you mentioned batting average with balls in play. Batting average with balls in play is, you know, something that determines, you know, as you said, whether a pitcher or hitter has good or bad luck. And it makes for an interesting number compared to what we know standard as batting average. But it's not even as beautifully... Um, projected as something like FIP is because FIP basically follows the exact same scale as ERA so we know, and, I, and forgive me for repeating this from last week, but I think this puts it in good context is we know in general that if a pitcher's ERA is 3.0 or lower, that's a good pitcher we know if it's 4.0 that's a pretty average pitcher, and we know if it's 5.0 or higher, that pitcher's having trouble ERA-wise, well basically FIP, same exact scale um, BIP also kind of for batting averages more or less follows a batting average kind of scale but really FIP is almost pinpoint accurate with that kind of thing so that's why it's so fun now what you're going to do today which is great is now see where those discrepancies lie between ERA and FIP
1: and that's the beauty of the FIP number is it, it it is on a run scale so you can use it to, to help predict who's going to score more runs and that's ultimately embedding what we're trying to do so we can, we can come up with a probability, and then with that probability, you can come up with a money line, and and so that's why the FIP numbers are so tailor made. If you're a baseball better, it's such a wonderful number to use. Uh, you can use it on a daily basis in in your betting.
0: Okay, so that's our that's what we're looking for now. We're trying to find that discrepancy in ERA and FIP with today's pitchers that are gonna that's going to then translate into. Betting line value leaping off our betting board. So, what what do you want to talk about? Uh, what game would you like to talk about first today?
1: Well, let's take a look at this Baltimore New York game, and and uh, we we look at the starting pitchers, and and we have a guy uh, for for Baltimore, David Hernandez, and we have Andy Pettit, who everybody knows. And we look at these guys here. Right. Now, this is the number you're going to be seeing on the MLB Network. Okay? and Hernandez has a 4.55 ERA and you think, well, okay, this guy's not too bad and then you look at Pettit's ERA his ERA is a 2.12 and you're thinking, wow, Andy Pettit's having a great year and he was pitching fairly well if, you, if you've seen him pitch at all this year but now you go into the expected fielding independent which is the number that I use to set my line and, and you look at David Hernandez and, and he's a, almost a full run and a half higher than his ERA at 5.97. And then you look at Andy Pettin, he's almost two runs higher than his ERA at 4.0. So you think, hmm, maybe I got some value here. And, of course, you plug it in. I've got the, we went over the base winner line and, and the number that I come up with, if you plug it into the team's offense and you throw some fielding in and we'll get into the fielding next week. But what I came up with is, is 10.17 runs. So I'm looking at value on the, on the line, the over line, because the over line right now is nine and a half, and I'm I'm looking at this game saying, "Hmm, I really like this over here." I uh-huh. think these uh, these pitchers are
0: overrated. That is very interesting. So that so that's interesting because, so just take that game for instance. That's a morning game. The money line is the Yankees are minus two seventy, the Orioles are plus two fifty. Nothing from the FIP and the ERA indicates really because they're both way higher in FIP. Nothing indicates that, you know, there's a tremendous amount of value that we've just uncorked in terms of the sides. But in terms of right. the totals that you're talking about, where the line is set at nine and a half, because those FIPs are so significantly higher than the ERAs of both pitchers, the general... You know, the general public, the average better is looking at nine and a half with those ERAs and thinking, Oh, that's a pretty sharp line you know, that's a pretty tight Vegas line, blah, blah, blah. Well, they might
1: even go the other way on it. They might be saying, God, two point one two and four point five five, that only equals six point seven. This this line's way too low. Right, they're right. They so, may
0: even go lower, exactly. But what you're saying is quite the opposite. That's that's interesting. So you've got it at about according to your projections, about three quarters of a run higher than the line of nine and a half, correct? Exactly. I got it at 10.17,
1: so
0: that's, yeah, close to three-quarters, Gil. Is that, uh, is that a base winner official play of the day, then, or one of the official plays? It's,
1: it's not only an official play on the thread, but it's, it's, it's an official nugget on the, on the Sabermetric Wednesday show. We're going to get that
0: out. <laughs> okay. Official nugget. I like it. All right, so that's interesting. All right, so we have a totals play on the over based on the fact that both Hernandez and Pettit's uh, FIPs, or in your case, XFIP, which is an even more refined stat uh, to sort of factor in home run chance um, factors, that would be an over in that game. Okay. I like it. All right, let's see. Yeah, and, then,
1: and, and uh, I think that if you look at the game like that, if you, if you look at all, you know, even if you just could just take a quick glance at what the pitcher's ELA is as opposed, as opposed to his, his feeling independent. That can give you an idea if you're a total player to go on a total or if you're a side player to say, well, wait a second, this, this one side is you know, completely overvalued here. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play the other side. Right. So you know, that's something I think on a daily basis that if, if you're capping and if you're using that ERA, you know, maybe you should take a look at the, the independent number and how it, how it relates to that run average.
0: I love it. All right. I, I'm, I'm taking notes on these things, so if you go at your leisure, sir.
1: Okay, well, let's, let's, let's take the American League card, a couple games here that, that I'm looking at. Now, you're and, focus, you uh, do
0: focus on the American League, correct? We should probably say that as I, well. I'm
1: specifically an American League uh, handicapper. Now, there will be occasions where I, if I really see something on the NL card, I'll jump on it, but that's very rare. And then with Interleague, I, I look at, because I, I've got a balance in it in the National League as well, I look at home games on American League soil. So that's how, I, that's how I handicap And the reason I do this, Gil, is because it's so to delve into these stats. You know, sometimes you got to take you got to specialize. And I think there's a couple pros here on PreGame.com. I think the pro that comes to the top of my head is Tony George, and he focuses on the Big Twelve and the the Missouri Valley Conference. And he does he does such a good job, you know, focusing on those those particular conferences that I think if you can if you can narrow your thinking and kind of get in, in deeper to the games. Then you can become more of an expert on that particular league or conference or you know whatever you're handicapping.
0: Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Why you know if 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 it allows you to focus that much uh, clearer on a small you know if a smaller body allows you to do that, it's a great strategy. And I know in in. Tony's case, you're talking about with those two conferences, and in your case here with all the sabermetrics. I mean, I can imagine for you, it's it's almost incumbent if you, if you don't focus on a, on one league or the other, you may not have a family at, at some point. <laughs> I, I think my wife would, would just withhold everything from me, and, and and she's got a lot to withhold. So I don't
1: think I, I don't think I even venture into that. But you know, seven games a day, you can you can really get into you know pretty pretty hardcore. And you can look at you can look at different angles and and uh, and not miss things and and that's that's so key because you, you don't want to you don't want to bet a game that you missed something out and, and you don't want to not bet a game that you didn't look at the whole thing so I, I think that if you focus on on a particular league or conference you know that might be one way to
0: go okay let's uh, I'm 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 so anxious I'm speaking for everybody here when I'm like all right I want to hear uh, we got this so we got the Yankees Orioles over based on the FIPs of both pitchers. I uh, I'm curious what other nuggets we have here. Okay, well this now hold on, Gil, cuz this is my best play of the day and, Uh-oh. and uh it it
1: it actually has kind of a cross working. So we we're going to look at we're going to go to family park. We're going to look at uh, the Angels versus the Red Sox where we have Joel Pinero against former Angel pitcher John Lackey and, and this this kind of hits home to me because I grew up an Angel fan. I was at the game in 86 where, oh gosh, uh, Donnie Moore gave up the home run and I'm, oh. I'm getting depressed. So I'll, I'll move on. I'll it oh, I like... Uh, you shouldn't say I like,
0: Donnie Moore and depressed is a serious subject right there that you just touched on for sure. Um, don't want to get too serious with that, but I mean, talk about uh, a great game. That game, the Angels were poised. Well, was poised to
1: run on the field at 16 years old and all of a sudden, the home 80, run, uh, and the Angels were just never the same, and that's why it was so nice when they beat the Giants.
0: The, eight, the 86 uh, playoffs, by the way, will always be, to me, the greatest top-to-bottom playoffs ever in terms of NLCS, ALCS, and the World Series. I mean, the ALCS sort of gets you know, lost in the shuffle. That series between the Red Sox and the Angels, and you're referring to the Dave Henderson home run against Donnie Moore, which ultimately uh, led to Donnie Moore's suicide. Um, was just a phenomenally dramatic um, playoff series. But I'm glad you brought up the Angels and the Red Sox today because actually, you know, when I was breaking down this game, my whole thing, this game just comes down to Joel Pinheiro to me because I'm just like, look, I have backed him winning at Yankee Stadium when he's just phenomenal and his sinker ball is on. And then there are other games where his sinker just don't sink, as they say. And then he's just you know, he gets shelled. So I'm curious to hear what you have about that then.
1: Well, we'll start with the, the ERA exit numbers, and then I'll, I'll go into the, his sinker his ball and, and my thoughts on that. But if we look at the, the ERA, if we look at Pinero's ERA, and it's fairly high. It's at 5.76, and you look at John Lackey at 4.5, and you think, if you look at the ERA numbers, you think, well, you know, Boston might be worth a play here. You know, we're getting a full run on the ERA. If you go into the, the expected fielding independent, and Pinero actually is below a four, he's a 3.91 and then you've got Lackey at 4.94 so you, you have a full run the other way so I think that this game is really, this is what's creating value here on my line and on my line I have I have Boston, they should still be favored but only at minus 124 so I'm looking at significant value from the minus one sixty-two that they're favored, I mean that's almost forty points in value, and I can attribute it mainly to the uh, to the difference in the the fielding independent uh, ERA uh, numbers. And 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 to, to to touch on your your sinker ball and Pinheiro, and and he's been kind of a, a of an enigma over the last three years. I and mean, last year he had just a, such a wonderful season. He started off well this year, and then you know, the years prior to that, he's just kind of up and down all over the place, and, and you you and brother, uh, said it's a crapshoot betting on him. But I looked at last year's, you know, how he did, and he gave up 10 fly balls his last outing and only 8 ground balls, which is way off. He, he's usually at a, at least a, a 2 to 1 ground ball to fly ball ratio. And I looked at his last year's, uh, uh, how he did after he did, he, he gave up kind of a, uh, an average, uh, fly ball, ground ball, like a half and half. So there was a couple of occurrences last year where he gave up eleven fly balls and nine ground balls, and he, he rebounded well. It is in the the starts after that, he he was able to get that sinker work and get a lot of ground balls. So I look for that to happen, and and that's based on looking at you know what he did last year after after poor yeah. outings where he really relies on that ground ball and was not getting get a lot. So. Okay. I think he'll bounce back, that's my opinion.
0: That That's interesting. So, I mean, so your play then would be on the Angels, what I'm gathering, because the Angels are at plus 155. So what you're saying, there's about 30, 40 cents of an, of a value embedded in there is what you're telling us.
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. I think that that it's pretty valuable. Uh, you know, the dog is extremely valuable here. And, you know, I think you hear that dog barking?
0: <laughs> hey, well, you, have a, you have a sounder back there with a dog barking? <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I thought
1: I'd throw that in there for fun, but I think that, that we have we have real good value on the underdog here. Okay, and, and there's some there's some auxiliary stuff. I mean, the, the Angels were so good at, uh, as a road underdog last year, and I, I pretty much think that the teams. I mean, they're they're kind of much maligned this year. You know, people are, are not too high on them, but I think it's pretty much the same team as it was last year, with that, the exception that. of Sean Figgins or Sean Figgins.
0: It's an interesting one to me I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you it's an interesting one because on the one hand you know stepping back from the from the numbers and just commenting on what we've seen this year of of Pinheiro, I mean, I think you're right. I think, you know, when I looked at that game, it's clearly it's either a play on the Angels or nothing at all, right? I mean, plus 155, the thing with Pinheiro is, and again, I said I was saying virtually the exact same things you were regarding Joe Pinheiro going into that game at Yankee Stadium this year, and we hit the Angels that day as a as a big dog, even bigger than they are today, with Pinheiro on the mound uh, in New York. But his last two outings, all of a sudden, again, he's he looks just so ordinary and so miserable at times and this has been the issue with Pinero, even in previous years I remember when he was when he was with the Cardinals this was the problem you never knew which Joel Pinero was going to show up on the mound so I think what you're reflecting with FIP is absolutely right that there's clearly he should never be in other words a plus 155 in this situation because he's so capable of throwing a gem but the question is but it's a tough one on the other hand I, I i will in the interest of you know full disclosure what i'm thinking it's a tough one because yes there is value always with pinheiro you just never know with that guy when it's going to show up so that's an interesting that's an interesting play is my reaction to that because it's like yes absolutely on Evan, any given day with him there's value the question is boy does it come to fruition today i guess is what i'm saying hope that makes sense yeah no no
1: and that's a that's a really good way to look at it and and uh, if gosh, he just he looked miserable at times in his last outing, and and, and that's why I just I looked back and and saw what he did last year after after his, I think when Panera has a good outing, he's going to get a ton of ground balls. And, and a lot of ground ball outs, not a lot of fly balls. And so how did he do after after outings like that last year? And he like he responded fairly well got a lot of ground balls. So, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, that's why they played the a game, but uh, we'll that's check right. it out. And I think that he's, like you said, he's getting quite a bit of
0: value for his capability. Well, I'm rooting for you, that's for sure. And the beauty, the, I don't know if beauty is the right word, but the, I'll use it for this one. The beauty of a guy like Pinero is you pretty much know in the first and second inning what you're going to get with him. You know, you see, you see very early with Pinero, you're like, "Oh yeah, it's sinking." Here come the ground balls. We're good. Or, oh boy, <laughs> that ball's not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And, and and
1: it'll be interesting to see how he comes out and pitches. So yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely uh, facing a capable lineup, but I think he's got the stuff to be able to, to get some ground balls. And we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, nugget number one was the uh, you like the Yankees Orioles over nine and a half, and number two you like the Angels at plus one fifty five today. What else you got? Because I know you got. Some okay, good ones now this up. this is this is what you call a
1: huge disparity in ERA and expected fielding independent. And I don't know why, but I'm starting to fall in love with the Detroit team, and it, it could be that they've won some games for me. And I don't know. I think that maybe as better as we fall in love with the teams when they start winning games, and winning we we do kind of do that, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: I, all of a sudden, I'm seeing Detroit Rock City in the shower, so I, I don't know where this is coming from. But, uh, well, Detroit's anyway, they're
0: an easy team to like because they could drop 10 runs on you any game, you know, so they're, I, I understand that.
1: They're never out of
0: the game. In fact, I had them
1: when they were in Detroit, and, and Scherzer just gave up a ton of runs, and they came. They were the comeback kids, and I think they went, ended up winning the game 11-5. to five, So Oh, that was against uh, the and they're, Twins they're, and Bates. I love their broadcast. It's a personal note. I, I, I think that their comeback to the game music is, it's great they always play classic rock it's, it's a beautiful thing
0: all right what's your what's your era minus fip i love that that to me is the most revealing thing ever
1: okay let's take a look at good old rick Porcello. and if you look at now this like yeah these are the numbers you're going to see on the mlb network or espn and and you look at the era and you're looking 8.03 ouch that hurts and you look at slowly and slowly has got a 377 and you're thinking wow this 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 twin team, man. I can maybe we can lay some wood with this team. And then you look at the exact FIP and you say, oh, you know, percello the numbers that he's controlled, he really has not been that bad. He's got a 4.26. And slowly, well he's been still been pretty good, but he's he he's at a four point oh five. Well let's see if so let's plug it into the numbers here. Let's see if this value uh well maybe we got maybe instead of laying the wood, maybe we're going to take another dog here. And uh, sure enough, you know, Minnesota minus 150 on the offshore line. I have them. They should only be at minus 133. So we're looking at almost close to 20 cents in value here on this game. I like the D- D- Detroit Tigers uh, as, a, as a pretty nice underdog club, so right around plus 130.
0: Very interesting. Now, let me, let me just so uh, that I think I heard that correctly, what was the discrepancy between Porcello's ERA and FIP?
1: His ERA, 8.03. His expected fielding independent,
0: 4.26. Wow. Now we can, here's the thing, and correct me if I'm wrong here, base winner. We could go a whole season, and obviously it's exaggerated early in the season perhaps, but honestly, that type of discrepancy between ERA and FIP is largely unseen.
1: Exactly, and, and, and that's why the, the beauty of your show and, 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 and the ability to put this information out there I think really helps a sharp player to say, well, wait a second, the public is going to look at this and go, ADRA, hmm, and uh, if you, leave, you really look at these numbers that, that uh, I, just, I can't believe they're not used more openly, you, know? uh, you look at a 4.26, that's, a, that's an incredible difference. And and it it would take you off a of play like if you if you wanted to play the Twins, it would take you off that play and put you on a play on the Tigers.
0: What's interesting is that in these two games that you've just mentioned, the Angels and the Tigers, saber saber metrics aside, when I'm breaking when I was breaking down those two games, those were definitely the tempting games that I decided not to go with, and and on the same sides as you just came up with Angels and Tigers, and both came down to. Could I take a flyer on the dog with Pinero and Porcello, respectively, knowing what each has gone through? We just went through why Pinero sort of kept me off. Porcello's thing is that he had this phenomenal rookie season. Um, and here's why I like when like the, the sort of eye test corroborates the FIP that you just went through. And so that's another great thing about going into the Sabre metrics when it does this. Um... Porcello has started out this year, as you've just described with a ZRA, just getting banged up. And what the Tigers, and I wrote this in my uh, thread on the uh, pregame forums at pregame.com, that Porcello's mechanics have been off. And so the tigers, um, you know the, 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 the tiger's brass has decided or they, what they've determined is that the mechanical flaw is that his pitching arm has not been the release point has not been high enough. And so they've decided, okay, that's the difference. And in his last outing, even though he gave up, you know, five earned runs on eight hits against the Angels, three of those runs was actually a three run shot to Torrey Hunter. So, you know, one of them was in one pitch, Uh, a chunk of those Mm -hmm. runs was in one pinch. And what they were more. Uh, happy about is that he actually induced nine ground ball outs and so for them that was the sign moving forward that he's actually turned the corner and they believe that he'll just repeat that tweak in today's ball game and Porcello will be the pitcher that he was last year so the Tigers brass would agree with what you've just uncovered in fielding independent pitching well
1: that that's great information Gil and that makes me feel I mean uh, the, the man that's six and zero on the last three days is is is, is kind of you know at least has a lean at least towards the, the side I like. I I, I love it. I I start to feel really good about this play now.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and and I said this in my right, up Yeah, I would I would call it a lean. It's certainly not an official play for me, but you know, for me when I look through the whole card, my question is what what are the ones I feel the absolute best about? And Pinheiro and Purcello just missed the cut for me. I leaned you know in in both those directions. With Porcello, you know, as a better, I was just like, well, let me just make sure it happens one more time before I put my money on my mouth. But you know what, I could live to regret staying off that game. Because honestly, you know what you're saying corroborates my feeling about it. And it's just, it's it's interesting to see. So... Uh, the Tigers. What are the Tigers at right now? They're at about plus one. They're not quite the, as big a dog as the Angels. The Tigers are plus one. And this is they're about t- one
1: thirty five. I got them at plus one forty three at Matchbook this morning, but they're I think they're they're about plus one thirty five at most of the shops out there.
0: Okay, so still a, still a a you know more than negligible dog. I mean that's pretty nice you know payback. On yeah, the and the good
1: thing is And you've done this So well Over the season So far Is you'll play two dogs And if you get a split Oh yeah You know then You have a winning day And it's it's such a good thing to do in baseball, especially when you have a pretty good chance of winning the game outright.
0: Never, and I, think,
1: I remember talking to you about this and and, and reading your write ups, and, and you do this quite a bit. And it's it's a real sharp thing to do.
0: Yeah, ne- I mean never be afraid to play the dogs. I mean that's what base that's what makes baseball betting so great, doesn't? Now it turns out today, I at the last minute decided not to play those two dogs, but yeah, as a rule, please. I mean you know that you make that's how you make your living doing this. Uh, betting baseball is is going you know affordable faves and. Dogs. So, all right. So, those are your three. The, we're wrapping up. Those are your three plays of the day. Correct. The, uh, the. Those
1: are my three. My three official nuggets for the Gil Alexander Sabermetrics Wednesday Show.
0: <laughs> we, and you can go ahead and wrap them up. You remember what they were? Yankees Orioles over at nine and a half. I wrote all these down. Angels at plus one fifty five at the Red Sox today and the day game. Uh, the Tigers. Plus one thirty-five, plus one forty, depending where you get it right now at the Twins um, with Slowy on the mound. So, Yankees. I like Ori- that card. That sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah, I think, I think that you sounds got like a great there. card. Now I'm going to get to
1: something that has not happened, and I'll be quick because I know the show. We need to wrap the show up, but uh, this not happened in six years of betting baseball. We have a total out in Seattle six and a half runs has not happened in the American League. In six years this is the first time this the total has been set this low at six and a half
0: so in that's interesting to me because i have seen a six and a half but what you're saying is it's never happened in the american league
1: it has not happened for six years in the american league there were two games that in the american league it happened on but they were road interleague games for american league teams so it's never happened between american league teams on american league soil in the last six years.
0: And you know a what? Six and a half line. And if there ever was a game that deserved it, I mean, when I, was first, when I first looked at the board for today's games, and I saw this one pop up at the very end, the Rays and the Mariners, Matt Garza at Cliff Lee, I actually immediately said to myself, there's no way I'm going to play this game because before I even look at the line, I know it's going to be basically a coin flip line also because honestly the game ought to be a coin flip line and I just want to sit back and just watch this game, you know, because this will be phenomenal.
1: It, it's, a, it's an incredible matchup, and it's interesting that you that you had it at a coin flip because that's exactly how I did it. In fact, I don't think there was much variance at all, maybe three points in variance on the line. Uh, I've got The officer had it at 101, and I've got Seattle at minus 104, so it's really a tight number. And, uh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and give this out because I think that the six and a half number is ridiculous. I, I, think, I love these pitchers, they're great pitchers, but I just, I think there's just too many, baseball, there's just too many opportunities to score. And, uh, I'm gonna bring the ERA to exit numbers right back again. And, and, and looking at Garza's ERA this year is 2.06, it's extremely low. His exit's still pretty good, but it's at 3.95. And then if you look at Lee, I'm not going to use his numbers for this year, because he won't pitch one game. If you look at his ERA last year, three point two two, which is still extremely low, good exit, great exit, three point six nine. But if you if you if you just think that these guys are going to pitch a complete game, which and we we don't want we get the, the Seattle Penn involved and the Tampa Bay 10 involved, you know, that's gonna just add to the to the expected runs. But let's just say that these guys pitch a complete game. And let's say the Tampa Bay's offense is that much better than average than the Seattle offense So let's say that the two offenses are average. And just be simple. You just add the 3.95 and the 3.69, and you're looking at about 7.6 runs. So that just, just assuming they're going to pitch a complete game, you're looking at a whole run and a half a more than the, the 6.5 runs. So so you're going over. I'd I like the over. Again, I, 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 I I'm not at, oh, I'm going to make it an official play because I, I did put it out on my, on my thread. So I'll make it an official play. We'll go with four give us something to look forward to at night and and I'm excited to watch this game and and, uh, these these pitchers are just fun to watch
0: Cliff Lee, you know, I talked about the Ricky Romero, how ridiculous it was that Ricky Romero with his wild pitches and his hit-by-pitch and his throwing errors and all that stuff got the win yesterday. Cliff Lee, in contrast, just to highlight the stuff about wins and losses, nine innings of three-hit scoreless ball in his debut against Texas, and of course, his team ends, he, does, he gets a no decision, but his team ends up losing the game in his duel uh, with, I think it was with Colby Lewis. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last time it was that I might have that wrong. I think it was Lewis. Um, but, I think it was Lewis. I think you're right too. And, and 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 Colby Lewis is amazing. And I'm gonna
1: wish you good luck on that play. And and you, uh, hope you hit them all again today, Gil. It's it, it's been a good run, and it's been fun to fun to read your post.
0: Base winner, I appreciate it. Uh, and four nice nuggets, four nice picks from you today. And uh, I will be rooting for you. And we'll see uh, we'll see how the saber metrics works to translate into winning plays for us today. Nice. I like it. Sounds great, Gil. It's been a pleasure being on your show. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Sounds great. All right, Base winner. Appreciate it as always. Wednesday, your Sabermetric show. Gil Alexander. Pregame.com. You're betting dork. This is more like a dork fest. Thank you, base winner. We'll see you tomorrow.